Amen. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, <clears throat> whatever time of day it is where you are. I would like to begin our time together today with a prayer, and following that I will share with you a couple of scriptures that is foundational to our episode. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for each and every person that has joined this podcast today, Lord. I pray that you would touch them in every way, Father. I pray that you would give them a hunger after you even more than what they have right now, Father, that you would give them, Lord, an extreme thirst for you, knowing, Lord, that the things of this world are wrapping up, the things of this world are coming to an end, the things of this world, Lord, are only temporary. And, Lord, uh, should this world outlast us or we outlast this world, we know that even then nothing on this earth is permanent, but all things will be uh, done away with one day because your apostle John said he saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down from God out of heaven the new Jerusalem where you rule and reign and father we just thank you that and Lord we ask that your that your kingdom would come and that your will will be done on earth as is already is done in heaven because Lord we know that only when your son rules upon the throne and when this world, Lord, is ruled totally and completely, uh, when your kingdom comes in a new Jerusalem, only then will we have righteousness upon the earth. We have a measure of righteousness now, Lord, because you rule and reign in the hearts of those who will allow you to rule and reign in their hearts. And Lord, that's the only way our heart is going to be right, is if we allow you to rule and to reign in our hearts and in our minds. And, Lord, if we allow you to lead and govern our lives, Lord, we can't make decisions without you. Your word says that it's not in man to direct his own steps. Lord, you said that many plans are made in the hearts of men, but the Lord's purpose shall prevail. So, Father, I pray that you would cause many, many more, Lord, to, to come after you, Lord, knowing that, Lord, it's only as they give you the rulership of their lives, Lord, will there be peace in the earth, Lord. Uh, Father, only as politicians and those in government give you their hearts to rule and reign in their hearts, only then will right decisions be made, Lord, uh, uh, on an international level, Lord, on a local level, on a state level, Father, on every level. Only then, when you rule and reign in the hearts of men and women, will things be right. But until then, Lord, as long as man is deciding based upon his own desires and based upon his own appetites and inclinations lord we won't have true righteousness and true peace upon the earth and true justice and true equity and all of those things that you require in your word only when you rule and reign will we have those things so father i thank you right now lord i ask that you touch each and every person lord that's listening to this podcast that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, Father, that you would meet every need in their lives, Lord, whether it be emotionally, physically, financially, Lord, that you would meet the need, Father. We know that you that you will meet the need because your word says you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So, Father, I ask that you would go into that home, Lord, where there's a, a troubled person there, Lord, in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, those that are de depressed, Lord, because these are challenging times, Lord, those that are depressed, I pray that you give them beautiful ashes, that you would raise their heads up, that you would be the glory and lifter of their head, even as you was with the psalmist David. So, Father, I pray that you would touch those, Lord God, that are suicidal, those that are on drugs, those that 
are in uh, broken relationships, Lord. I pray that you would touch each and every person out there, Father. Lord, those that are struggling, Lord, with self-esteem, Father, I pray that you would touch them in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would touch them in a special way. Father, those that are infirmed in their bodies, Lord, I pray that you would touch them, those that's dealing with COVID-19 symptoms, Father, and those that's dealing with the sickness. Father, I pray that you, Father, would touch them, Lord, that you would raise them up off of that sick bed, Lord, because you are a doctor in the sick room, Lord. So, Father, I pray that you would do it, that you would manifest yourself in the earth, Lord God. Lord, Father, those that are older for people, Lord, senior citizens that feel lonely, Lord, I pray that you comfort their hearts. And, Lord, that you would let, let them know, Father, that they're not forgotten, but, Lord, that you know all about their situation. And I pray that you, Father, would give them uh, an, an encouragement, Lord, somehow that you would reach them, Lord, and encourage their hearts. And we thank you right now, Father. We thank you for this word today. Lord, I ask that you would take complete control of this episode in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I, I feel it is extremely important as it relates to this episode and the subject of this and several other episodes. And that is the cross of Jesus. I must state some facts about scripture as we are presented with a living document is what the word is. The uh, Hebrew says that the word of God is quick, is alive, is active, is sharper than any double edged sword. And uh, it, it is a living document of the rules of God's kingdom, his mind, his will, uh, his heart concerning his kingdom, which involves all people groups. God's kingdom involves all people groups. It is a historical biblical fact that Jesus did not tabernacle amongst us in the flesh as a man to run for and secure a political uh, office with a political agenda as evidenced in his own word. Let me turn there and if you wish to turn with me to John chapter 18. John chapter 18 when Jesus was on trial in John chapter 18 before he went to the cross and uh, he was being grilled and and he was being uh, asked uh, different questions. John chapter 18 uh, around verse 36 and uh, Pilate here was talking to Jesus uh, in verse 28 begin there they said then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment and it was early and they themselves went not into the judgment hall lest they should be defiled uh, but that they might eat the Passover We're talking about the high priest and, and those who uh, uh, escorted Jesus Pilate then went out unto them and said what accusation bring ye against this man they answered and said unto him if he were not a male factor we would not have delivered him up unto thee then said Pilate unto them take ye him and judge him according to your law the Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Verse 34 says, Jesus answered him, saying, Thou 
sayest, and Jesus answered him, sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Verse 35 says, Pilate answered, I, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Verse 36, now listen to this verse. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. He said, My kingdom is not of this world. It doesn't mean that Jesus does not rule this world. It does not mean that his kingdom is not in this world. But it, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. It is not built by this world. It is not established by this world. It is not founded on worldly principles, is what Jesus was telling Pilate. Now, the title of this episode is, uh, we've been talking about, you know, the path to the cross, raised to be uh, sons of God, path to the cross. But this one here uh, is, of course, following in the same vein of the fact that we are raised to be sons of God. And we know that in the Bible, there is neither male nor female. So uh, we don't really need to make a full distinction there because this distinction has already been made. If you understand scripture, that there's neither male nor female, we're all called the sons of God. And that being our, our, uh, our position in God, uh, a covenantal that God has made a covenant with us. So we're all sons of God. It doesn't, it's not talking about gender. Um, now are we the sons of God or raised to be the sons of God, uh, path to the cross. This episode is called the King of hearts. Did you hear me? The King of hearts. And this is really the foundation of what the Christian life really is built upon because God loves for people to come to church. He said in his word in the book of Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some. But the fact of the matter is, is that even in the former covenant or Old Testament, if you want to call it that, when the Jewish people begin to sacrifice their sacrifices upon the altar and at a certain point, uh, they were doing a lot of sacrificing, but then their actions were contrary to what the sacrifices signified. A sac sacrifice signified a person that was totally given to God, a person that God had their innards, their insides. You know, when in the, in the, in the Mosaic Covenant, when, uh, when the priest dealt with the sacrifices, they didn't just throw it up on the altar. They took the insides out. So when a person gave God a sacrifice, it, that person was saying, you have my insides, you have my innards, you have my heart. You have my liver, you have my kidneys, you have all of that. You have everything that makes me me. That's, that's what this sacrifice is saying. When I put it on the altar, God, I'm saying that this sacrifice signifies me, that you have all of me. That's why Romans says that uh, Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Uh, so, when you look at what, what the kingdom of God really is, it's, it's a people who God, the Lord, has their hearts. This is what the kingdom of God really 
is all about. In Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 23, the, the, um, the writer here, Solomon, uh, in Hebrew his name is Shlomo, but it's Solomon nonetheless. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And the word keep there in Proverbs chapter 4, 23 is the Hebrew word natsar, which means to watch, to observe, to preserve, to protect, and to maintain. The word there, keep, means in Hebrew to observe, to protect, to uh, to preserve, and to maintain. Uh, and so that's what it means. And when you look at that word guard, you know, it's just like a, a, a prison guard going around checking on the prisoners and making sure that uh, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're not acting unruly or they're not doing things that uh, would hurt someone else or hurt themselves or anything like that. It's because, uh, well, let's just move on. He says, with all diligence, the word diligent there is, in the Hebrew is mishmar, which means to place of confinement, to, uh, to jail, to prison, to watch, to observe, to guard, or to put in to custody. He says, for out of it, out of your heart, out of it, tatsaw is, is the word when he's talking about out of or, or going out of. It means an outgoing, it means an escape, or it means a source. So when you talk about the heart, it is the source. He said, out of it are the issues of life. Out of the heart is the source of life. And when you talk about issue, uh, I'm sorry, when you talk about life, you, uh, the word in the Hebrew is chayim, which means uh, uh, it means sustenance. It's a verb, but it also, uh, the root word is hava. And it's a verb which means to tell or to declare. You see, the heart, really, the heart of an individual has to do with their mind, with their will, with their emotions. It has to do uh, with their feelings, with their with their intellect, it's the part of you that decides. It's the part of you that reflects. It's the part of you and I that uh, that that uh, that our actions spring out of. It's the part of us that our actions spring out of. And let me tell, let me say this: that we cannot separate a person's heart from who they are, or we cannot separate a person's actions. From who they really are. Uh, a person's actions will tell you who they are. Now, they may apologize for those actions, but those actions just identified them. Jesus said, if you want to know uh, what kind of tree it is, look at the fruit that's coming off of the tree. If you want to know what kind of tree it is. I had someone tell me one time, and it wasn't a, their original statement, but it's true nonetheless. They said, you know, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. When they show you who they are, believe them. 
And if you look at this, this, uh, these verses in Proverbs 4.23, if you look at all the verses in context, you know, it was talking about a guy who was sitting before a king and all of his dainty foods and different things like that. And the king was telling him, you know, go ahead and eat, eat, drink, whatever. And, uh, and the Bible says, you know, put a knife to your throat because he says these things to you, but his heart is not with you. See, this is what God does not want. He does not want a group of people that come before him and with hands extended and you see actions like they're praising God. And I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to get to the root of what this scripture is really saying, but they come before God. They're, they're dutiful in their church attendance. They're dutiful in you know, Bible study. They're dutiful in all of these religious activities. But nevertheless, God does not have their heart. Now, let me go back to what I was about to say earlier, that in the, in the former covenant or the Old Testament, I don't like calling it Old Testament because old is often uh, associated with that which should be thrown away. So I say former, the former covenant. Uh, and I believe it's in the book of Micah, I believe, but they begin to sacrifice all of these sacrifices before God. They begin to bring all these sacrifices and they begin to cry on the altar and, and shed tears, pour out rivers of tears. And God said, look, I'm, I'm tired of your sacrifices. What? He's tired of our sacrifices. Yes, that's what he said. I'm tired of your sacrifices because your sacrifices really don't have any true significance because I don't have your heart. And it's evident by the things that you're doing, by the life that you're leading, by the decisions that you're making and, 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 and by the by the things that you involve yourself in. You're not treating your neighbor correctly. You're uh, you're, you're unjust in your dealings. And, and and you're shedding innocent blood and all these kind of things. And so God was saying, you know, when your life your life has to line up with your sacrifice, your life has to line up with what, what who you say you are, and 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 who you say you're serving. But their lives did not line up, you know. And so when you see things happening in society, like the unjust killing of unarmed black men by the police and all those kind of things is because God does not have their heart. When you're seeing that the laws that are made in government and, 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 and how it's slanted to, to the advantage of one group of people, but it's not, uh, uh, it, it does not incline itself to the other group of people, then you're, it's because God does not have their heart. Uh, you know, he said, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. These visible manifestations started in the heart. All of this killing, all of this unjust action, actions and all of these things that's going on in the world today started in the heart. It started with with a meditation. It started with a reflection on on that particular thing. Um, and so, uh, it's not just that, okay, well, we have a messed up society. We have a messed up society because we have people that are messed up in their heart. He says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The word, uh, uh, to, to think is sha'ar. It means to calculate, to reckon. So as a person calculates in their heart, that's what causes them to act. The way they act as they uh, reckon, which means it's a, it's a term that means to count up. It, it means to calculate as they reckon 
in their heart, then that's what you're going to see in their lives. There's a scripture uh, that one one time in the, in the Bible it said that uh, that the people they they lie down and they meditate all night long on their bed on different evil actions, which is only thoughts. When it started off, it's only a seed. So, but they didn't crucify that seed. They didn't give it to God. They didn't say, "Look, Lord, I know the way I'm thinking is wrong, so I need you to change the way I'm thinking." Uh, and help me to 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 be renewed in my thinking. But however, they meditated on that all night. And the Bible says that when light comes, when the morning comes, when the day comes, when the sun rises, they arise also to do what they've been meditating on. And let me tell you, let me tell you that there is nothing in the world that just happened. It started with a thought. It started with with an, an inward uh, focus. It started it started with with uh, sitting down at the at the uh, theater of your own mind and heart and allowing that thing to play over and over and over again until it became an action. And so he says, so is he. So is she. Whatever they're thinking, whatever they're meditating on is eventually what you're going to see manifest out of them. He says, uh, you know, uh, the inner man, the, the mind, the will, the emotions, all of those things. Jesus talked about that because he talked about it in Mark chapter 7, uh, verse beginning with verse number 17. Uh, let me get to my, to my verse. Mark chapter 7. Uh, Jesus talked about this in verse 17 through 23. Uh, it says here, and when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand there is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile him or her. Uh, verse 16, if any man have ears to hear, if you are able to perceive what I'm saying, then hear it. If you have ears to hear, if you have the ability to perceive, spiritually perceive what I'm saying, hear it. Let him hear, he says. Verse 17, and when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he said unto them, are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him because it entereth not into his heart but into the belly and goeth out into the draught purging all meats verse 20 and he said that which cometh out of the man that defileth the man verse 21 for from within listen for from within out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts adulteries fornications Murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Matthew uh, uh, 6.21 is another scripture that I have written down, Matthew 6. Verse 21, 
And you, you see from what Jesus is saying, he's saying, you know, we, we think just in the reverse, you know, uh, that all of these things you got like that because of your society. You got like that because of uh, uh, what's, what's going on around you. No, you got like that because of what's going on in you. And society got like it is because of what's going on inside of people. It's not society that that is that just, you know, there's a lot of inanimate things. There's buildings, there's cars, there's businesses, and this and that and another. But why is society so dysfunctional? Because there's a lot of dysfunctional stuff coming out of people. Uh, Matthew 6, 21. Jesus uh, says this. Let me get there. Uh, verse 19, he says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Yet for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also wherever your your treasure whatever thing you treasure then that identifies where your heart really is uh and so but let me say this also that you know Pilate and Herod those people uh were political figures in the early days of Israel and when Jesus came along a lot of people were jealous be, uh, because of him, and they felt like, especially Pilate and Herod, felt like that Jesus was getting too popular and that he was coming on the earth to take control uh, of their kingdoms. But Jesus's kingdom extends far beyond any physical kind of kingdom because his kingdom is a spiritual kingdom but spiritual things have an effect upon the natural but however Jesus came here to set up a kingdom that's what he came for but the kingdom that he came to set up was within men and women heart that's the kingdom that Jesus came to set up because your heart is that part of you that steers you, your, your your heart and my heart. I'm not talking about that that physical blood pumping vessel. I'm talking about the the when you say getting to the heart of something, you're talking about getting to the center or getting to the middle or getting to the true uh, depth of it. And really, our heart has to do with our our mind. It's the reflectory uh, reflectory part of men and women. It is that part that we reflect on things. It's that part where we make our decisions. It's that part where we meditate upon things. It's that part that 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 it's the springboard, I call it, the springboard to action. And so we are a spirit that lives in a body, but we have a heart, uh, our mind that is part of that, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so the Lord, see, that's why... The Lord has to set up his kingdom in the hearts of men and women, because when he is truly reigning upon the thrones of our hearts, then our lives will be guided 
by righteousness. Our, our lives will be guided by his principles. Our lives will be governed by God. He wants to govern us from the inside. Now, I want to I wanna share with you uh, one of the kings that I really, really always did like ever since I uh, ever since I discovered him in the Bible. And his name is King Josiah. His name is Josiah. Now, uh, also on my way to Second Kings, which is where the scripture is located, let me say that this is truly where the kingdom of God is. It's inside of us. And so if you're looking for a physical uh, kingdom, you'll have to wait until Jesus comes back again and sets up his kingdom. In, uh, like John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. You'll have to wait until that time. But nevertheless, his rule and his reign is in the earth. But it's spiritual, so you can't see it. But nevertheless, you can see the manifestations of it. Uh, which does not mean it's not real just because you can't see it. It's just a spiritual kingdom. Second Kings 23 and verse 25. And uh, the scripture says, begin with verse 23. He says, surely there was not holding such a Passover from the days of the judges that judge Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel, nor the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holding to the Lord in Jerusalem. So they were at the Passover in Jerusalem. Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and the wizards and the images and the idols and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem did Josiah put away. He put away all those things, the, the workers with familiar spirits, witches and wizards and images and idols. All those things he broke down and he put them away that he might perform the words of the law because uh, the, the scribes had found the, the scrolls, the, the, uh, the writings, the Torah. Uh, the word of God, and they brought it to the king. And, and when the king read those things, he started making changes. Why did he make all those changes in in Jerusalem? Why did he do all those things? It says, which were written in the book that Hilkiah, the priest, found in the house of the Lord. So Hilkiah found the, the word of God. That's who it was. Hilkiah found the word of God in the house of the Lord. Uh, in verse 25, it talks about Josiah, and it says, like unto him, was there no now he's talking about Josiah listen to this Josiah started reigning when he was eight years old eight years old verse 20 uh 25 says and like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might according to all the law of Moses neither after him arose there any like him a eight-year-old child which was king uh, in Jerusalem, and it says there was there wasn't anybody else like him. Why did Josiah begin to make all of those changes in Jerusalem? Begin begin to get rid of all the wickedness. Begin to get rid of all the the wizards and and, and the, those that had familiar spirits and the soothsayers and all those kind of things. Why did he do that? Because it tells you right there in verse twenty five. It says. Uh, he turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might. Josiah, uh, God had consumed his heart to such a point. You'll know when, when God has your heart. I'll know when God has my heart. 
you'll know when God has somebody's heart because they begin to destroy those things in their life and get rid of the, the, the tarot cards and begin to get rid of the Ouija boards and begin to get rid of the palm readers and all those kind of things. And maybe it's not to that extreme with some people, but they'll begin to get rid of anything that will take them away from God, anything that will be uh, uh, displeasing to God, they'll begin to get rid of it. They'll begin to get rid of the pornography. They'll begin to get rid of all those things. And see, when God has a person's heart, then, then the, the love for those other things uh, fall off. And we don't do those things because we love him. And that's what God wants us to serve him out of our heart. He wants us, us to serve him out of love because we love him, not because I have a duty to, to serve God, not because I have a duty to go to church, not because I have a duty to read my Bible, not because I have a duty to do all these things, not because even that I have a duty to treat my neighbor right. But but I do these things because I love God. I don't want to offend him. I don't want to break his heart. I, I will not uh, allow my body to be joined together with a harlot or, 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 uh, or do anything that is displeasing to him because I love him. When you love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. When that person has your heart, nobody else can get your heart. You see, and that's not saying that you're going to be perfect and all those kind of things, but you won't allow yourself to remain. If you fall, you get right back up. You repent. You, ap you apologize to God. You tell God you're sorry. You, you get right back up and mean it and then go on from there. You understand? Uh, it said that he turned, Josiah I'm talking about, said he turned to the Lord with all of his might. There, there, Josiah put effort behind it. You see, when you really love God, when God really has your heart and when he's really reigning on the throne of your heart, there's going to be some, some effort behind your relationship with him. You're going to stay up a little bit later and pray and seek God. You're, you, you, you're going to, uh, you're going to do, do a little bit more. You're going to, you're going to have some power behind what you're doing because you're serving him, not just by lip service, but you're serving him by action. There's going to be some actions behind which, who you say you are. If you say you're a child of God, there's going to be some action behind that. If you say you love God, there's going to be some action behind that. You see, uh, uh, James had said one time, he said, you know, you, you show me uh, uh, your religion with your works, and I'll show you my religion by my works, you see. And so when a person truly, truly truly loves God, then when he's truly reigning on the throne of their hearts, then there's going to be some, it, it might not be comfortable all the time, but they're not worrying about it being comfortable. They're not worrying about how it's going to feel. They're not worrying about uh, what this person is going to think about me. If they see me reading my Bible, if they see me praying too much, man, I've got to put some action behind this. I have to put some effort behind this because whatever is worth having is worth fighting for. It's worth working for. And, and those that, that on us, even on the basketball court, like Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul. And, and, and other ones that, that played sports and things like that, they, there was some effort behind what they were doing because they loved what they were doing. You see, they were not complacent about it. And in the church today, we can't allow ourselves to be complacent. If we say that God is ruling on our heart, if we say that God has our heart, then we cannot be complacent. We cannot let uh, lethargy set in. We cannot let just uh, a stagnation come about in our lives. 
You see, because it's it's too easy to say, well, I used to read my Bible like that. I used to pray like that. I used to do this and I used to do that. But let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, when God has our hearts, then he'll have our full participation. We have to participate with God on some things. You see, when God's trying to deliver us from different things, we can't just say, oh, God, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. We have to get in there. We have to fast. We have to pray. We have to fight. We have to we have to believe. We have to have faith. Jesus said when he comes back, will he find faith upon the earth? We have to get in there and we have to wrestle just like what Jacob did when he wrestled with the angel. And then he got changed because he put some effort behind it. It said that he that Josiah served the Lord with all of his might, you see, and it, and it didn't matter to him about tiredness. It didn't matter to him about none of those things. This is what I need to do because I love the Lord. And when you love somebody, you're not worrying about being selfish. There's no selfishness in love. Love does not think of itself. Go read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love does not think of itself. Love does not act unseemly. Love is not, is not uh, unkind and all those kind of things. You know. And so whatever comes out of us in our relationship with God should come from the heart. And so... He said he served him with all of his might. Now listen at this in verse 35 of 2 Kings chapter 23 talking about Josiah. It says that he served God with all of his might according to all the law of Moses. Neither after him arose there any like him. He said according to the law of Moses. Josiah uh, served the Lord according to the law of Moses. And if we're going to if we're going to be effective in the kingdom of God, then we have to be a, a people of principles. I do this because I love God, but I do this because also because he's shown me in his word. I live according to his word. I live according to his principles. Every king of Israel was supposed to have a copy of the word of God, was supposed to have a copy of the Torah at their side so they would know what God said. And so that they could implement those the words of God into every edict and every uh, uh, thing that they passed, every every decree that they passed came out of the word of God. They were they were uh, encouraging people to live according to the word of God. Every king had a copy. Let me ask you this. Why doesn't uh, the president of the United States have a copy right at his side that he reads every day? Not saying he doesn't have a Bible. I'm saying he has it at his side and he reads it every day to find out what God is saying, uh, how the people should respond to God. You see, because the world does not belong to man. It don't belong to the white man, the black man, the brown man, the, the Spanish man or whoever. The word, the world of God, the Bible said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we all have a responsibility to 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 do what the king says. And the Bible doesn't say that there's not kings, that there's not rulers. But the Bible says that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, a king can't be just. A president can't be just. A mayor can't be just. Uh, 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 no politician can be just unless he is a king that is under a king. You see what I'm saying? In order to lead, one must be led. And so the, the whole world belongs to God. So it should be ran according to what God has said, how God said it is to be ran. 
And, and so that 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 king, that president, that politician, that governor, that mayor should be producing what God wants to be produced in the earth. The King James, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus did not say that he was not a king. He did not say that. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. He didn't say I was not a king. I'm not a king. Jesus also did not say that he did not have a kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. On the contrary, he said, my kingdom is not of this world, not built on the same foundation of this world, not ran or run by the same principles, precepts, ordinances or standards of this world. The Bible records Jesus saying in Luke chapter 17, verse uh, 20 and 21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say low here or low there. Look here or look there for behold. The kingdom of God is within you. Did you hear what Jesus said to the Pharisees when they asked him when the kingdom of God should come? He said, you know, they, they, don't listen to those people that say the kingdom of God is over here or the kingdom of God is over there. He said, no, the kingdom of God is within you. Let me give you a trustworthy fact. Those of you that are listening to me today that is born out in the word of God. It is that the operation of the kingdom of God is not visible to the naked eye, but the fruit, the manifestation, the produce of it is. The, 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 the operation, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see the wheels turning. You can't see all of these things, but you can see the manifestation in the world of what happens. And so... In John chapter 3, listen to this. Jesus talking to Nicodemus. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God or perceive is what it means. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot operate, enter into, operate into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not. That I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listed. You can't see the wind. It blows wherever it wants to. And thou hearest the sound. You can hear it, but you can't see it. The sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know. We testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things, 
And ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? So there is earthly things, Jesus is saying, but there's also heavenly things. There's real things on the earth and there's real things in heaven. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And so Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about the kingdom of God. And Jesus is telling him, Nicodemus, there's a visible realm, but there is also an invisible realm where God is. There is earthly things that you can see, touch, smell, feel, all of that. But then there is heavenly things that you must discern. You see, Jesus is saying that you must be born again. What he's talking about is that you have to be born from the beginning. In other words, when was the beginning? The beginning was in the beginning in Genesis when God created man in his likeness and in his image. But then man sinned and lost that image. He lost that likeness. And that likeness was not saying that God looked like man, that he had hair like us or whatever. Because Jesus said in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well, he said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. When Jesus was crucified, he came back and his disciples disciples was in the in an inner room locked up because of fear of the Jews and of the Romans and Jesus came there and Thomas said I won't believe unless I put my hand into his side and into his hand and Jesus said touch me because a spirit does not have flesh and bones like I have as you see me have and so when he said in John chapter 4 that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth he said he was in essence saying that God does not have flesh and bones like we have he's a spirit and so he's reigning in a spiritual kingdom. But just because you can't see it doesn't mean that God is not in control of everything that happens in this earth. But God made man with a will. We have a W-I-L-L. -L. We have a will. And so that does not mean that God is not in control. That does not mean that God is not going to deal with everything that man does. Believe me, even the hidden things of the heart, the Bible says, God will judge. Even the hidden things of the heart, those things that we thought that we got away with, those things that we thought nobody saw us doing, God is going to bring into judgment all those things because he said when he comes back again that he's going to judge every man according to what he has done. I'm talking about that man. He's going to judge that man. He's going to judge that woman according to what they've done. What you've done is going to be the jury. You see what I'm saying? What, what we have done in our body is going to be the witness. What we've done in our bodies is going to is going to judge us. God is righteous and God judges righteously. And so whatever the penalty is for that thing that we've done is what we're going to receive. In God's court, please note this scripture also, which is vital to the points in the context which we are speaking, which is an invisible kingdom with visible results. In uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 46, I don't think I'm going to get to finish it, but, and when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, they then sent Jesus, his disciples saying unto them, go into the village over against you and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and in a coat with her, loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man ought uh, any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them 
all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, uh, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and put them uh, on the clothes on them. And they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches. That's why we have Palm Sunday from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves and the blind and the lame and to him and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them and when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things which he did and the children crying in the temple and saying hosanna to the son of david they were sore displeased and said unto him hearest thou what these say and jesus saith unto them yea have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city and Bethany. Uh, in verse 30, in verse 18. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow unto grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree dried up. It withered away, is what the Bible says. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not, on, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thou this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I enlighten. I, I wise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or from men? And they reason uh, with themselves saying, if we say, if we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, why did ye not believe him? But if we say of men, we fear the people for all hold John to be as a prophet. And as, and they answered Jesus and said, we cannot tell. And he said unto them, neither, neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. And so they were jealous. They were hating on Jesus because he was teaching and because he was drawing more disciples than them. Uh, and because people were drawn to him. He was a, as they, some people might say, a people magnet. But drawing your attention to the fig tree, 
Jesus looked at the fig tree. He was hungry. And the Bible said that there were no figs on the tree. Uh, in another place, the Bible says that God planted a vineyard and he made a wall around it. And he lent it out to some husbandmen. Husbandmen are farmers. And uh, one of the first things that God did with Adam in the garden is that he put him to work keeping the garden. He was a husbandman. And uh, Paul even drew attention to the fact that we're husbandmen of God. We're uh, one plant, one water, but God gives the increase. And so when Jesus was hungry, he was expecting for the tree to be doing what, it's a, what it was designed to do, but it was not. So he cursed the tree. And the, 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 the fig tree is plenteous in Israel. Matter of fact, I believe it's one of the one of the symbols of Israel is a fig tree. And so what Jesus was saying to them is that you're not producing. And uh, the Bible said that he in that parable, particular parable that I brought up, he said that he's going to take his vineyard back from the husbandmen, from the farmers, and he's going to give it to a nation that will produce its fruit. And so what is it that we should be doing? What is it that God has designed for you and I to do? What is it that we should be doing because we are connected to God in his kingdom, because he is the king of our heart? We ought to be producing, but not just producing what we want to produce, but we ought to be producing what the king has designed us to produce. We ought to be producing what he has designed his kingdom to produce. Because we're a part of the kingdom, we get our orders from him. Every day we get up in the morning, we should hear from God. Lord, what is it that you want me to do today? Because you're the king. I'm the servant and you're the king. So I need uh, to get in line with what you're saying so that I can be a part of producing what you want to produce in your kingdom. And, and you know, too often uh, when people aren't a part of God and when they when they when God doesn't have their heart see the thing is that we can't either we're going to live for God or we're going to live for the devil there's only two forces in this world two uh spirits in this world the devil is is was is a fallen angel but God is the creator of that angel but God is allowing him to rule and and to a certain measure right now for a little while and then he's going to take him and he's going to throw him and the false prophet and the beast into the lake of fire which burns forever and ever but either we're going to serve God, either God is going to be the king of our heart or Satan is. Because even when it doesn't have to be uh, black candles and tarot cards and all that kind of stuff to be satanic it or from the devil. Because the Bible said that the devil transforms himself into an angel of light. And so who are we going to serve today? Or who are we going to allow to rule and reign on the throne of our heart are we going to allow God to rule and reign on the throne of our heart to be the king of our heart so that when our so that our lives might line up with what is right so that we can hear not only our own uh, feelings or our own inclinations or our own mind talking to us. And, and a lot of times suggestions come from the enemy. But when we when we truly fall in line, the Bible says, you know, that if we suffer with him, that we shall also reign with him. But I'm out of time. Father, keep your people, bless your people, watch over them, protect them, uh, uh, give them what they need, Father, in every area of their lives. If you want to send me an email, it's Rev Kev and the Root 
2020 at gmail.com. Rev Kev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. Spell the whole thing out like that. Rev Kev and A N D, you know, Rev Kev and the Root 2020 at gmail.com. Until next time, God bless you. And those that have sent me emails, thank you uh, for that. It's encouraging. And also, if you would like to uh, get into some courses uh, or some video uh, courses and things like that, send me an email. And if I get enough people sending me emails, then we'll put together some video conferences and some video courses and uh, also some other things. So until next time, God keep you. God bless you.